Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And it was a wet, dreary, sad, disgusting night on Saturday night, wasn't it, Laura? It was. It was a pretty miserable night up in Brisbane. It's like going to a party where your ex-girlfriend's going to be for the first time and having to spend an evening in their company, wasn't it? It really was. And you know, this happens to me every single time. Like I get super excited for an Essendon game in prime time, get like ready to watch and then it's a shit show. Exactly Mm. like it was on Saturday night. It was pretty poor. It was a pretty standard Essendon interstate trip, wasn't it? Where you get blown away in the first quarter and then you sort of match them from there onwards. But that first quarter makes it all irrelevant. 100%. Um, I actually, I did tell a little lie. I didn't actually watch it on Saturday um, because... The listeners don't know that. Well, I know, but I feel like for context, we need to talk about it because um, I was out at a wedding and I was following the scores and I was like, oh, this must be the most pathetic game ever. But when I watched it last night, actually... They weren't as bad as what the scoreline made it look. It was just that first quarter was so wet that they just didn't stand a chance after that. Like they got so behind and that was it. Yeah, they got beaten up around the ball in that first quarter. And even though they matched them on clearances, they Brisbane were just cleaner. My big impression from the first quarter was that we just couldn't kick it together. We couldn't couldn't execute our skills and Brisbane could. And um, they just ended up getting a five-goal lead, as happened last time we played them, actually. They just blew us out of the way in the first quarter and the rest of the game was irrelevant. Well, I think any time there's any wet-weather footy, like since the Bombers started playing at um, Marvel, what was it called back then, Colonial Stadium, ever since they've started playing indoors, they've never played good wet weather footy since then, um, which is a problem because, you know, games in September, if we ever make it to September again, are going to be mostly at the MCG and rain is a possibility. So I don't know what you can do about that, but they need to sort that. I think the players just didn't adapt very well. And I think maybe that's a little bit of experience. They kept trying to play the same game plan, whereas I think in wet weather footy, you've just got to get it forward at all costs. Um, but then when we did that, we just turned it over entering into the forward line. Because one of the big issues was that the, the entries into the forward 50, um, that was, I think, from memory looking at the stats, one of the big places that they they lost out. Mm, and and they kind of, Harris Andrews and, and their defenders really had a field day just picking off our errant kicks in, in the terrible conditions, but they were able to, to kind of grab it and, and rebound with Daniel Rich, which I don't know why we didn't have someone doing a shutdown job on Daniel Rich. And if they did, they didn't do a very good job because he just got handball receive after handball receive and just slaughtered us the other way. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if it was coming from the coaches or if it was just a lack of experience on the field, not um, recognizing that and then doing something about it. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Mm. I was having a read of the stats before and they legitimately beat us in every single statistic 
apart from handballs. Um, free kicks, we had double their free kicks, which is just bizarre given they had so much of the ball. Uh, I think that was the AFL trying to make up for last week against Sydney. <laughs> um, and then turnovers, we had obviously more turnovers and uh, tackles, which you would expect given how um, how much we were just chasing the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was just a, just one of those games where it was over in the first 10 minutes and we knew it was just going to be a terrible, terrible night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. So have you got any positives to come out of the game, Laura? Um, I do have some positives. I think my biggest positive is Kale Hooker. Um, I really love um, – I feel like Kale Hooker has been a bit of a – um, a bit underrated um, by, I don't know, so much Essendon supporters, but just in general. Um, you know, his accuracy in front of goal is probably not always amazing, but I just really love his um, his presence in the forward line, his ability to take some good marks um, and convert them, you know, relatively well. Um yeah, so he's my first big like was Kale Hooker. And I think, yeah, just his experience and his presence in the forward line is really great for us. Mm, I um, I was pretty disappointed with the team lineup when uh, when the rain was pelting down. I thought um, probably a better option because in that first quarter, Kale Hooker had a bit of a mare, to be honest. Mm. He... Um, Every time the ball hit the ground, he looked like he looked like it was the boat stuck in the sewers canal. Um, he just couldn't stop and turn and pick it up. And I thought he's a real liability tonight. And I was saying um, that we probably should have, when we saw the conditions, dropped him for maybe Guelphy and just you know given him a week off and and whatever. But he um, he actually came out and was clearly well. He he was actually our only forward yeah. that, that did anything. Um, and. He's sitting on 16 goals, which is five behind, five or six behind Tex um, at the top of the Coleman. So he he had a funny game. In my opinion, I don't think he necessarily had a great game. I don't feel like he really, but but nobody did. So this is not to to um, insult him. Um, well, absolutely. Like I, I mean, like where was Jake Stringer? Like if you want to mm. say he didn't have a great game, like possibly not, but. Um, you know, he was pretty much one of the only ones that kind of had any real decent stats, not decent stats, but, you know, like in terms of goals and presenting and continuing to to stand up. You know, yeah, like- well, when I say he didn't, he didn't have a great game, normally someone who kicks four goals um, seems to really be impacting the game, but he kind of didn't, but he, he took his opportunities. If I mean, he had 13 touches and two marks, but... He just kind of, when I saw that he kicked four goals at the end of the game, it, it seemed bizarre to me that that he had had kicked almost a bag. You know, he kicks one more and he's and he's kicked it back. Yeah. Um, it, but definitely, definitely the one player who can hold their head up high because I think he he kicked, you know, four of our six goals for the night, which yeah. um, is is a good enough as effort. As good an effort as you can expect from a key forward on a wet night like that. 
Definitely. You know, he was best forward on the ground. Absolutely. I think we, like we spoke a couple of weeks ago about um, Stringer after he made his return and Stringer being like the barometer for how Essendon is going. And I think we saw that on Saturday night as well. Like he was pretty much MIA. Um, mm. He didn't have any impact on the game. Um, I don't think he kicked any, did he kick any goals? Uh, let me bring up his stats. He is very much down the bottom of the stats. Let's have a look. Uh, goals. He did kick a goal. Mm. Very late, that's right. He kicked a goal really late. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know. He. This brings up a bigger problem for me, I think, and that is the problem that we have no forward line. Um, I, think, I think our defence is probably going to end up being the strongest part of our team for a number of years to come. Um, And our midfield is looking okay. Um, But we just have no forward line at all. There's no... um, We don't seem to be getting any joy out of entries. There doesn't seem to be any fluency. There doesn't... Yeah, it was really apparent on Saturday night that we just lack a forward line. Well, I mean, we did lose two of our key forwards in the last trade period being Orazio and Joe Danaher. And I know that they mm. spent a lot of time injured in the couple of years prior to that, but there was always this, oh, the forward line's lacking because they're injured or they're not playing. But I guess the bigger issue is that there are no replacements there. Um, mm. You know, Alec Waterman's had a couple of decent games, but even he on um, on Saturday night was kind of missing. Um, mm. so I think we do have some forwards there. We still got a few that are injured as well, like James Stewart. Um, well, James Stewart's been playing in defense. Uh, They're right. going to play him, um, on the Joe Danaher types who, well, we should, should address the elephant in the room. Look, he had a, he had a pretty good game, but he didn't really play in the forward line, um, much. He, he got two goals very late in the last sort of five minutes of the game, mm. um, and the rest of the time he was playing in the ruck, which and he had, you know, he had a decent game. Um, well, according to the stats, he had like the best, um, his best game in terms of disposals that he's ever had, um, is what the commentators were saying. I don't know if that was matched in terms of like effectiveness and impact, but if you're talking just pure stats, um, yeah, pure numbers, he, he did have his highest disposals, but definitely not in his impact. I think probably the best game he's ever played was. Um, the 2017 Anzac Day, where he kicked four or five, and I think he had 22 disposals that day, so a couple less. But I mean, he got he got enough of the ball, but I, I don't feel like he blew the game apart. I didn't feel like um, Danaher killed us. I, I think it was definitely um, um, Oscar McInerney. Uh, was it Oscar McInerney? Lincoln McCarthy killed us as well. Yeah. Um, Lockie Neal killed us. Daniel Rich. Definitely best on ground. He murdered us. We just we didn't have many winners across the ground. No, um, not at all. What one of my goods was definitely Zach Merritt. That's the best game I've seen Zach Merritt play for a very long time. And I and that's not to say his other games have been bad, but he was just racking them up and really getting distant. He, he seemed to be the only player that adapted to conditions on our team, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I just worry that given this poor performance, if this continues, 
I expect him to not be in an Essendon jumper next year, to be honest. Yeah, I think that um, signs are pointing to that. Like, I think we, we can't really say, you know, like, was it the, the club culture that was the issue um, and why, you know, people were leaving rather than, like, the wins and losses. But, yeah, you would think that there needs to be a turnaround somewhere for Zach Merritt to be on the list next year. I agree. Mm. Mm. And I really, at this stage, I can't really blame him, to be honest. I, look, I don't want to be too negative because we've seen signs this season that um, we are improving and that we've got a decent young list. But, um, yeah, it just seems to be a bit of the same old, same old in this performance. And and in reality, we're, we're one, one and four when... Um, the Hawthorne game, we lost by less than a goal. We lost by a point, right? But we were up by seven goals. So that was a pretty disappointing performance. Um, the Sydney one could have gone either way. And that was, a, you know, an encouraging performance. And obviously, we smashed St Kilda. But the reality is we're, we're one and four. Yeah. So, and 14th on the ladder. So mm, a, lot of wo- mm. a lot of work to do, definitely. Yeah. I thought Archie Perkins had a really good game. Yeah. Um, I don't... I was saying to Maddie. Um, actually, no, so I was saying to Nikki, I don't feel like we've had um, a game out of him yet where you know how Nick Cox played against Sydney and he, he really dominated the game. You think this kid's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, we haven't had that. I mean, he's only played three games, so mm. let's not get carried away. But we haven't had a game out of him where he's kind of blown the game apart, but he's been slowly just building. He just kind of yeah. has slotted in and, and done his job. You think the glimpses definitely of, you know, a little bit of magic. And I think, yeah, you're just waiting for that day where he's going to completely, yeah, blow a game apart or just have, yeah. But I mean, I don't feel like you always need to have that one game where you just, you know, star. I think there's a lot to be said for just turning up each week and playing your role and, um, yeah, doing what you need to do, basically. Mm. I, um, I felt for Zach Reed. What a terrible day to make your debut. Oh, gosh, um, I know. But but he, he actually did a decent job on, on Danaher and Hipwood when he was on them. So, yeah. um, But not a day to really see much of him given um, the conditions. I don't think he um, – it's not really an intercept marking, spoiling kind of day. I think he, he just did his best. There was, there was a couple of disastrous – moments like the one where he and um redmond went and i think guelphie was there as well they went to spoil the ball and it hit the deck and they didn't know where it was and then the brisbane player just came and kicked it and yeah. scored a goal yeah. there was a couple of those but what can you what can you expect from, well, from a kid in his first game right well i hope that they give him another chance this week and don't just say oh you had a shocker like you know maybe take those um conditions into consideration who did he um come in to replace he came in for Zerk Thatcher, but oh, um, but Ridley's missing because you get twelve days when you can cast. So I can't see them dropping um, Zach Reed, especially with the conditions that yeah. he played in. Yeah, um, I think I think they're more likely to just bring in Zerk as well as Zach Reed. Yeah, um, he, he had some, him. some good games, Zerk. Um, mm. Yeah, mm. I think it was a bit rough. I, yeah, no, I think. Yeah, I was surprised that Zerk got dropped for this game. I thought they would have just brought in Reed and gone with the two talls, one for one for Hipwood, one for um, Danaher. Mm, yeah. But um, I'm a little confused as to 
the selection panel. I reckon Peter Wright must have some dirt on Rutten <laughs> because there was no way he deserved another game in the ones after that terrible performance against Sydney. And to be honest, we didn't see any improvement from that. He was just, he was almost detrimental. So he's got 70 uh, AFL fantasy points. He had eight possessions, seven kicks, one handball, one mark and five tackles. And I was looking um, also at the the stats earlier and you said like clearances were matched, but centre clearances, there was a, like, you know, decent, diff- well, nine to 13, which yeah. you would think would be kind of the realm of two metre Peter, mm. um, clearly beaten there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Is it that there's no one else that can come in? I mean, we had Draper who got injured. Like what are our other options? Well, Phillips and Nick Bryan both played four games in the twos and by all reports were our two best players. And I just don't, unless they needed more time in the legs, like if Peter Wright is is rucking for us this week, then there is something, he's definitely got nudes of rutten or something (laughs) because he has been, and we know he's not, a ruckman. He's a forward, right? Is he? I did, actually didn't realise that. Yeah, he, he he doesn't really ruck. He's he's definitely a forward, but this he has the same issue when he's in the forward line in that he's soft. He doesn't impact the contest. He doesn't impose himself on the game, and he's not playing better than Kale Hooker. And we've seen in the last few weeks since Draper got injured and and Peter Wright had to ruck that our forward line has actually looked better with only the one massive tall mm, yeah. so so the, the options are you either drop one of peter wright harrison jones and kale hooker right if and, and you have to bring in a ruckman phillips did a good job on grundy last year um so you'd think that phillips would come in and so in that situation you're, you're not dropping hooker because he's you can't drop hooker. third he's third in the coleman so you're either dropping Harry Jones or Peter Wright. And if Harry Jones' body is okay and he's fit, then there's no way you can drop him. You just got to let him play. As he can do, he can have the poorest games that you expect. He just needs games into him. So sorry, Peter Wright, you, you're not doing your job. How did he um, come to be at Essendon? So he was at the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. What was the deal with him coming to Essendon? Essendon have been after him for a few years. Mm. Um as sort of that second forward initially who was going to help out Danaher because he was a really early pick. He was a pick eight. Right. Um, but he couldn't get a game last year at Gold Coast um, and they were desperate to get him off their books because their list sizes are changing. They're, they're paying most of his contract, I think. They were just desperate to get the list spot. So, I mean, like, if you're, um, if you're not getting a game at the Gold Coast, like, surely that's a warning sign. I would have thought so. Although the, the Gold Coast have um, a similar situation in that they had Sam Day, who is similar to Hooker in terms of age and, and which is just outperforming him. And then you've got another key forward, um, Ben King, who is was in the same draft as Harry Jones, but was a much earlier pick. Mm. So um, 
Or was he the draft before? Anyway, he's a much earlier pick. So the same situation that you're just going to play him. You're not going to drop him ever. Yeah. Um, so I can see I can see why even at the Gold Coast he wasn't getting a game. But he has just given us nothing mm. um, in the games that he's been rucking. And unfortunately, I don't think he has a spot in the forward line given how well-balanced it's looked when we've played well. Mm. I wouldn't um, have thought so. Like I don't see... Yeah, when I look at the forward line, I don't see that he's the one that's missing. Like you see, you need a stringer really kind of being able to create opportunities and um, maybe some smaller forwards um, Mm. for when the ball goes to ground. But, yeah, I I wouldn't have thought that he would be number one for the forward line. No, I know. I I think he needs a rest. I think he needs to go into the twos. Um. I thought Darcy Parrish had a decent game in the sort of the second half. He, he seemed to, to work into the game and mm. um, be around the ball a bit more. Um, Nick Hind was okay. He was reasonable. Um, Laverde keeps doing Laverde things, just doing his – he's kind of become the um, the shutdown defender that we, we've been missing. He just does then, enough, doesn't he? Like he doesn't um, – mm. Yeah, kind of blow the game open, but he does enough to play his role and do what he needs to do. And I just really hope that his body um, holds up because he's been so unlucky with injury and just has not been able to get the consistency. But he's got so mm. much potential. Yeah, and I think I think he's probably in a bit more comfortable position when he's he's having the ball come to him rather than having to create the play, so mm-hmm. he can look after his body a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think Francis was really good. He's continued his, his strong form, strong start to the year. Yeah. Um, Langford had a good game, but that was, but really, across the board, just not good enough. Mm. Wallace, you know? Wallace had some good chase downs, some good tackling. Like he was still hard at it, but no real impact in terms of goals. Mm. Um, but I think we should actually, on that, mention that he did just play his 100th game in a row, which I think is. Amazing. I think that's an Essendon record now, isn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. I, I think he the broke next... the record a little while ago, Essendon. Okay. And so he got to 100 games. Yeah, 100 in a row. Oh, nice. So I didn't realise that. Yeah. It wasn't mentioned at all on the telecast. No, that's where I found out. On the telecast? Yeah, they mentioned it. Towards, oh, I must towards been... the end of the game, you're probably losing it. I must have been yelling at the TV. Yeah, so, yeah, 100 games in a row. I just, I just love Waller as a player. Mm. It deserves better than than our club has put up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, do we even want to go through the bads? Like, there's so many of them. Oh, you know, let's go through a few of them. I mean, I think my biggest bad is Ridley's concussion and the fact that he's going to be missing for Anzac Day. Um, mm. It seems like... I mean, it's hard to know because it's not really a visible injury, but he kind of seemed to be doing all right. And so I wonder about this protocol and if there could be a bit more testing around it. But No, because there's too many dumb people in the AFL system and we know from the research that um, it's two weeks rest. Yeah. So 12 days guarantees that you're missing enough time you're not you're not going to be playing within 14 days yeah um so you miss the you miss the 12 days 
that you know whether that's one or two games it's normally only one mm. but you've got you're out of the danger period before you can play i i actually think it's a good thing as as annoying as it is for ridley um it's going to it's going to hurt us this time it'll help us another time but overall mm. their the player's health is is being looked after well, because yeah. there's too many people that will and we've seen it in the past we see it over and over again with with ex footballers that have come back too early, done more damage, ended up with really serious issues. Yeah. So, no. um, you know, you just you just cop it. It is what it is. Mm. And um, Collingwood have got one to go. He's out. So we kind of broke even in, in that regard, to be honest. Yeah. He, he's out for 12 days with his concussion. Yeah. So um, Ridley probably would have played on him. Yeah. So there you go. Mm. Um, so it's... Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts around Devin Smith? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I'm not seeing a huge amount from him, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough during the game. But I feel like, you know, he, he got the ball a couple of times, and I kind of was like, "Oh, where have you been?" Mm, yeah, I I get the feeling Devin Smith's a bit of a selfish player. Mm. I I feel like he he doesn't necessarily do the team thing. There was a couple of instances. There was one where. Stringer was running into the ball on the lead and Devin Smith was running past it and stuck his hand up for the mark and ended up spoiling Stringer with an easy chest mark. Mm. Um, and, and definitely not performing at the level that we would expect the player that we traded for to come in and perform at. But having said that, it's it's tough when you're playing small forward in in such a terrible conditions in, in a team that's getting belted. Mm. Um, I just feel like he's not really... Maybe not really. I won't say reached his potential because he already was a, a gun player before. But, you know, since coming to Essendon, there's not been a lot that I've seen. You know, he's had a few. few he had that amazing... first really good year. Yeah. But hasn't done a whole heap since. He did miss most of last year with an injury or the year before. The year before, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, he... As is very common at Essendon, we, we bring players in and they stagnate, go backwards. Very rarely do they develop and become better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that's pretty endemic of the football club as a whole, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, McGrath's another one that seems to have not really pushed on in terms yeah. of his performances. He's, I think he's had a pretty poor year. I mean, he had 30 disposals on Saturday, but I don't think he had a particularly is this particularly his, good game. Is this his third year in on the on the list or fourth? Uh, he was drafted in twenty end of twenty sixteen. Oh, that long ago! I feel like you know his first season was like outstanding, um, mm-hmm. and then he did win the Rising Star. Yeah, and then since then it's been. You know, every now and then you get a few glimpses, but that he again hasn't had another year that was a blinder like that. Like it was. No, last year he had a, he had a ripping year until he did his syndesmosis, but this year he hasn't been as good as he was last year. Yeah. Um, he's, he seems to be rushing his kicks. He doesn't seem to be composed. He seems to mm. just hoff it over his shoulder. Yeah. Um, I mean, statistically, that was his best game for the year and maybe he's he's building into it but um yeah you need to 
needs to improve. And I mean, we're comparing him to his own lofty standard, but it definitely needs some improvement from McGrath. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed with the coaching performance overall um, from selection all the way through. Um, and then the adaptation to the conditions, we didn't seem to be able to adapt very well. And we, to be honest, we seemed unprepared. We didn't seem ready for the game when the siren went. Mm. And, I mean, that's been a problem interstate for us for a number of years. And whether, I mean, you can just blame it on them being a young team, but the reality is that it's been consistent for a number of years before this year. So, yes, we're going to get bad performances from, you know, you're going to yo-yo with a young team. You're going to get really good performances, really poor performances. But that's something, I mean, it was before Run's tenure, but it's still consistent across the mediocrity of the football club. It's a real theme, isn't it? It's like they need a quarter or so to warm up, but by the time they've done that, the game's already done and dusted. And two-thirds of our interstate trips this year, we've been smashed in the first quarter. Yeah. So um, that's that's a worrying trend. Mm, I don't know what the answer is to that. Like how, how do you even solve that problem? Mm, well, that's why we're not coaches, right? Well, exactly. exactly. Well, it's got to be – it's either not being prepared for tactically for the first bounce or not being mentally switched on at the first bounce. Well, I, so, I would think well, you would think that it wouldn't be a tactical issue. I mean, how would it be any different when you have your game plan when you're in Melbourne versus not? Um, I wonder if it's anything to do with the fact that, you know, like they're a young side and I wonder whether, you know, being away from home is more like a we're having a holiday rather than like we're here to play footy and be switched on. Um, mm. You would hope not given that they're professional athletes, but... Um, you know, is there an element of that? Who knows? Mm, who knows? Who knows? Um, but it's it's something that needs to be addressed because it's it's consistent and it needs to change. Mm, absolutely. Um, and I thought Heppel was actually, now that I think about it, was quite poor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think on... I think I said that to you in a in a message like that Heppel had been sort of MIA. Um, mm. I'm on the fence about Heppel. Like I feel like there's a lot of games where he's very quiet or doesn't seem to have a huge presence. Um, and so I question, you know, like there's a lot of talk about him being an amazing captain. So what is that? Like is it mostly off the field? But I feel like on the field there's not a lot that I see that I go, oh, yeah, I see why he's the one. Yeah, I mean, he's missed pretty much two years of football. Um, so I think we need to give him sort of till the halfway point of the season. And even this year, he missed two games already out of out of the five. Mm. Um, so I think really we've got to give him till around 11, around 12 um, and see how he's performing then. I think that's really the only, mm. the only fair way to go about it. Um, but certainly his leadership is not questioned around the club at all, but he does seem to struggle to get into games sometimes. Yeah, like, and I've definitely seen glimpse of, of, glimpses of him chatting to the players and, it, and he, like, appears to be a really good leader, but I think it's just, yeah, on the field, 
is he bringing what they need and is he able to mm. lift them um, <coughs> when when the chips are down? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really tough one. Mm. But I'm, I'm happy to, to reserve judgment on him for oh, yeah. another few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But really the, the problem I felt on the weekend was just the lack of a forward line and the forward entries were just mm. woeful. I actually feel like we were okay in other parts of the in other parts of the game. I thought our defense was okay for the most part, um, except when we got hit on the turnover and, and they couldn't set up. But I, yeah. I thought our setup was okay. I thought our midfield competed okay, but we really just got smashed on the entries into forward line. Yeah, definitely. Like I remember looking, and yeah, I was watching, kind of going, yeah, like they don't look too bad um, in defense. Um, you know, like they didn't look like that they were getting smashed in defence is what I should say probably. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely going forward that um, it just, yeah, didn't look like it was happening. Mm. Yeah, it was quite poor. Yeah. Quite poor. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you know, um, I'm... I'm really had enough about talking about that depressing game. I'm happy to move on now unless you've got yeah. some more to add. No, not really. I think it was a pretty, yeah, disappointing game. And, yeah, I think we've probably given it enough airtime, if I'm honest. Mm. So why don't we take a little break? Yeah. And then when we come back, we can look forward to Anzac Day. Sounds good. So before the break, we were mentioning that this week is perhaps the biggest, well, definitely the biggest home and away game of the year. And that, of course, is Anzac Day. So exciting. I love Anzac Day footy. Yeah, and it's been two years since we've been, because two years ago, we uh, was the infamous terrible umpiring game. Oh, and yes. And obviously last year was COVID, um, COVID affected, so we didn't have the game then, but we did win the kind of the fixture that of the year, but it wasn't traditionally Anzac Day, even though they wore the jumpers and, and that sort of stuff. So it's going to be good to be back at the MCG 
hearing the last post with all the pre-game stuff and just being there for uh, the big game. It's probably my favourite game of the year. I love all the pre-game stuff. I always get very emotional seeing all the um, return vets do their lap of honour um, and just like the crowd is always electric. So I really hope that um, the game actually matches up to the hype because there's nothing worse than when you're super excited for a game like Anzac Day and it's just a shitty one-sided contest. As it has been the last few years, yes, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, um, looks like it might be a little bit rainy, which doesn't um, – doesn't bode well for us. It given does Brisbane. not. It does not. We do not play good wet weather footy. So um, let's hope that changes between now and Sunday. The Well, the thing is that I think in the context of our season as a development year, I think this game is a must win because Collingwood are absolutely trash. They are poo-poo. They are actually worse than us. And they, in fact... Um, are decimated by injury well, to, yeah. to the same, if not a greater extent than us. And, I mean, probably, they're sitting below us. Extent. They're sitting below us on the ladder. So, you know, we're both equally as crap at the moment. So if we can't win this game, I think it will really tell big tale. Well, the big thing is that they were really, at the moment, relying on Jordan Degoe to get them over the line in games. Mm. And he's missing this week with concussion. Admittedly, we're missing Ridley with concussion, but I think that Degoe out hurts them more than Ridley hurts us, or mm. it's sort of a break even, I think, because yeah. Degoe is the one that's going to kick their score to win them the game. They don't really have much of a forward line, especially considering Jamie Elliott is also out. Yeah. So um, our, mid- our defence has been relatively good and, and um, Ridley's been a big part of that and, and he definitely is a big loss but I, the, he's not the one that's going to get us over the line by kicking our goals which I think Jordan Degoe is definitely the player for them at the moment because they don't have anyone else in that forward line really at all apart from Majacek and I think I'm confident that Francis is a really good matchup for Majacek for sure. Yeah absolutely and I think our defence um, I know we were speaking before about our forward line not really having a structure and not having a lot of depth at the moment. But in contrast to that, our defence um, does really have a lot of depth and they seem to be really um, gelling well. So I think although Ridley um, is a big out, I'm pretty confident that there's going to be someone that can step up and fill his role just as well. Well, I think Zerk Thatcher comes in because they're they're looking at bringing in Cox and then Darcy Moore will play. Now, if they play Darcy Moore forward, that's a win for us because um, I think the way that we enter the forward line, he will just have a field day if he's playing as that that intercept marking defender. If they throw him forward, then I don't think they have anyone else that plays that role given mm-hmm. that Howe also got injured last week mm-hmm. in, uh, in their trip to, to play West Coast. Um, so I think Zerk Thatcher comes in and between him and Reed, I think if Reed ends up playing on Mason Cox, I think you'll give him a bath. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you kind of hope to break even with Zerk Thatcher and on Darcy Moore, if Darcy Moore's playing forward, no mm-hmm. one else in their forward line at the moment really worries me. Um, 
I think if anything, they get on top in the middle with Pendlebury and side bottom. Side bottom always does a number on us. Mm, he on definitely Anzac Day. does. It's devastating to watch, actually. Uh, yeah, so they're they're the big worry. I think that's where they get on top with their you know mm. their old guard in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I think Hooker is actually in really good form for us. Mm. So I think they will have to pay him respect and send someone to him. Absolutely. And I don't think we can have our forward line, our Jake Stringer, Devin Smith, um, Snelling, Tipper, have another terrible game. There's too much pride and quality in our small forward group for them to have two terrible games. But of course, if we break even in the midfield, then that helps them quite a bit. Mm, absolutely. Um, just talking about the midfield, what are we going to do? Is two-metre Peter getting a game this week, do you think? If it was up to me, he would be in the bin. Mm. Um, I, I don't think he can, <laughs> I think I think the smart thing is to bring in um, to bring in Phillips. He did such a good job on Grundy last year mm. um, that you'd be stupid, given how poor Peter Wright has been in the ruck. I don't know that he necessarily gets dropped from the team. If it was up to me, he would. But if they're hoping to stretch Collingwood's defence... Um, given that Howe is out and that that perhaps stops them from playing Darcy more forward because they need that other 200-centimetre player to be in the back line. Mm. Um, you know, that's an option. But if it was up to me, I'd be dropping Peter Wright a straight swap for either. Um, my, my preference would be Phillips or even Nick Bryan has been dominating mm. in the twos. Yeah. So um, I think it's a no-brainer to bring in, bring in an actual Ruckman. I mean, I feel like you would have dropped two metre Peter before round one. So um, mm. no brainer for you, definitely. I guess it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting game. I think, I think we're relatively evenly matched given the extent of injuries. But I think if we want to progress as a football club, for me, this is probably this one and maybe Carlton are the must-wins mm. for the whole year. Yeah, next two um, rounds. We really need to. And and an honourable loss, given the last couple of rounds that we've had, is not good enough. This is, For me, this is a must-win. We definitely need to get a win on the board, absolutely. I mean, we're down in 14th spot. Um, still only really like two games outside the eight. Um, but, yeah, we really need to get some wins on the board, absolutely. Um, well, I don't think... As we all know, we're not really... This is not a year that we're aiming to play finals. Mm. Um, I mean, finals would be very nice and I, I would definitely be much happier if we were on the door of finals or mm. just sneak in. But but I think from a club culture point of view, from a excitement around the group point of view, a development point of view, I think big stage MCG, we absolutely need a good performance. And Collingwood is so bad that a good performance from us will will win the game. Absolutely. And um, I think what I meant by that is like, you know, Collingwood and Carlton are sitting sort of around where we're at on the ladder. And so um, if we need, yeah, exactly what you said, um, to build some confidence and in, in the young team, but also to um, really keep the supporters on board, we need to have a good showing against those teams that are near us on the ladder and kind of sitting at a good standard. And I think... A win on Anzac Day will do wonders for these young kids. Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, who's your who's your tip for the Anzac Medal? Oh, the Anzac Medal. Oh, my gut says that Pendlebury's going to get it, which I would hate to see. I would love to see, 
you know, like Jake Stringer have a blinder and get the Anzac medal. Um, but I reckon it's going to be Pendlebury again because I feel like that's just what always happens. I think it's going to go to friend of the show, Nicholas Pencil Cox. How amazing would that be? That would be so good. It's uh, it's It's got some form in getting those young players, the, the ones that have only played three or four games in their career. It actually think, does, uh, doesn't it? Yeah, Mark McGough won it quite a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Andrew Lovett won it very early in his career and stole it from a, a great Jason Laycock. Oh. Um, <laughs> Maddie will love that one. So there's there's definitely some, some scope for that to happen. Absolutely. Um, so my, I mean, I'd be wrapped if, if any of the three newies won it. Waterman would be another great one to mm-hmm. win it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Zaharakis plays, I'd love him to wind back the clock and get out a, a oh. vintage Zaharakis performance. I would love nothing more than for Zaharakis to be named in the team this week. I think that would be, for me, the ultimate this year. Mm. Just, a, yeah, Zaharakis to come in, lift the team, kick the winning goal. What year was that? 2009? I think so. Yeah. I remember- it can't be worse than any of our other forward flankers that have played so far this year. Mm. I think Zaharakis on a good day is a champion. Well, we saw it last year. Once he worked out his role, it took mm. him a, a couple of weeks to get going, but then he p- bobbed up with a few goals and actually contributed to the forward entries, did a really good job. So mm. um, I wouldn't mind Zaharakis coming in Is he still fairy tale. injured or just not being picked? What's the go? No, he was he was the sub last week. Oh yeah, um, and then and then he got dropped. I think for some game time this week, mm. um, and they had Guelphy in as the as the sub. I um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way they go with team selection. Mm. We don't have a lot of options given the injuries, but Zaharakis is one I'd love to see come into the team. Does Guelphy stay in? Do we think? I think so. Mm. For who? Yeah. Um. Well, he came oh, in for Ridley, yeah. so Ridley's out. But you bring in Zerk Thatcher for Ridley. Mm. Um, so, really, if we have a look at last week's team, let me bring that up quickly. We can run through this and see mm. who played poorly. Most of the team, I would have thought. I, I think anyone forward of centre, really, you could mm. afford to drop for for Guelphie or Zaharakis. Mm. Um, I'd be very unhappy if they dropped, um, if they dropped any of the young kids. Mm, yeah. Um, here we go. So oh, yeah, let's go are. right down the bottom. Uh, Waterman, I wouldn't drop. Peter Wright, definitely. Um, <laughs> Ham didn't have a great game, but I think he just needs game time. Absolutely. He just needs some confidence and an opportunity to just really get there, I think. Mm. It just depends on the on the mix in the back line because Guelphie's clearly been playing as a you know, as a small back this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Devin Smith is sort of the obvious one that didn't give us much yeah. for his position. Agreed. Um, Will Snelling was, was okay, um, but not great. But yeah, they're the two that I think would be in the gun for me, would be Devin Smith and um, and Peter Wright. Yeah. Obviously, with, with Ridley going out. You wouldn't have thought that they would drop Devin Smith, though. Like, I know he had a shocker, but 
isn't is, do you think he's just one of those names that's just not going to get dropped no I, I like to think that um, Rutten does not uh, prescribe to the same school of thought as Wusher in that regard mm, mm, um, I would hope but not. who knows you know there's lots of niggles that that come through week to week so we'll see how the players recover and, and who's ready to go mm. I'd like to see Redmond play again absolutely on day. absolutely um, but yeah it's going to be an interesting one it's going to be an exciting test and um, yeah. we'll see where we're at. We'll come back hopefully a bit earlier in the week um, next week with the next episode. Yeah, sounds good. So what's your tip? Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm, my gut is still saying Collingwood. I really want to think that Essendon's going to win, but oh, I, it's, I feel like it's just going to be some more heartbreak for us this week. Mm, I think Bombers by 37. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I'm actually going to tip the Bombers this week um, in the mm. footy tipping, but I'm not confident about it. Definitely not. Like, I really miss those days of 2000 and 2001 when you would just knew that you were on a winner. Take mm. us back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. Um, we'll come back next week with our Anzac Day wrap-up. But um, until next time... Go Dons. Absolutely. Go Dons.